Hello, everybody. My name is Chris Beltran, and this is going to be my first episode of kind of like a solo basketball page where I want to talk about just what's going on in the NBA, whether it be current games like Game 3, which is going to be coming up. I'm going to give my reactions, you know, and the stats also, some breakdown. But on top of that, I want to be able to talk off-season ball. I want to be able to talk just like general things that are going on in the basketball culture. I always find myself looking at TV, ESPN, Fox Sports, or even just other podcasts. And, you know, sometimes I find myself agreeing or disagreeing with people's takes, but I always feel like I myself have an opinion to bring. In my experience, you know, I'm graduating college right now, this upcoming uh, December, but I've interviewed people like Pat Riley before. I've also had experience working with other people in the Heat organization. Um, so that's just one thing that for my, you know, personal experience, I feel like I've been able to, you know, be around people and speak to people who know the game to a certain extent. And myself, if I'm going to introduce myself, I've been a lifelong basketball fan. It's my number one sport. If you listen to my podcast, uh, the heavily contested podcast with Chris Beltran and Matt Molina on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, um, you'll see that if there's a sport that I really have been most passionate about in my life, it's that one. It's gotten me through the most. Um, It's just something that from the time I was a kid... I love playing it. I was always around it, consuming it, reading stats and all these different things. So just naturally, I've always been gravitating toward the game and wanting to talk to people who really know it the best. But with that said, I want to dive into a Game 3 recap from last night of the NBA Finals. The Miami Heat cut the 2-0 deficit they had against the Lakers to 2-1. They did it without Drogic and Bam Adebayo. That right there, you know, on the heavily contested podcast... I, before this game, I was really looking at it like, I don't know how we're going to do this. I was afraid it was going to be a sweep. So I went somewhere along those lines. But you know what? This team really did, uh, they lit a fire. I'm really impressed with the way they they played last night. They won 115 to 104. And, you know, watching the game, I really agree with J.J. Redick when he says this is the best game he's ever seen Jimmy Butler play. Now, Jimmy... He's been solid these finals, and especially with the people that, that, that he has out, arguably the two most important players outside of him on the team, I find Jimmy to have stepped up. He's showing himself to be a facilitator. He's grown so much from the time with the Bulls. And the Timberwolves, right there, you can already see what Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins experienced when Jimmy got his reserves, basically, and dominated the freaking uh, Timberwolves in a practice. Right now, that's basically what he did last night against LeBron. And, yo, Jimmy told LeBron, yo, you're in trouble, but that's something that he said in reference to something LeBron said in the first quarter. But anyways, you know why I said he was in trouble? Because Jimmy dropped 40 points, a 40-piece triple-double, and that was 11 rebounds, 13 assists to go with that, along with two steals and two blocks with a plus 20, plus minus. And for anybody that may be listening, plus minus kind of like determines how many points the team, like, it's a net rating. So, like, when you're on the floor, the team scores this amount of points, and then if Like, let's say the other team scores, you know, the Lakers scored two more points, it would have been plus 18 instead. So that shows that there's a lot of great stuff going on with Jimmy Butler as far as his impact on the floor. And I saw a tweet from Mark Spears from ESPN where he gave a crazy piece of info on just how good Jimmy was. So ESPN got this from a live sports bureau. Jimmy Butler is the first player to outscore, out-rebound, and out-assist LeBron James in a finals game. And that's including teammates like Wade, Kyrie, and AD. You know, this was just a solid performance where Jimmy Butler really proved himself to be a star. You can see why he came here without any of his guys, the two main guys, he was able to pull it together. And hey, this is also a credit to the people around him. You know, despite Hero and Robinson combining to shoot 10 of 30 from the field in game three and also 5 of 17 from three, the Heat were able to keep the Lakers to 43% shooting, which is down from the 51% they had in game two. And the Heat, even themselves, they shot 51% of this game. So, you know, it was a phenomenal improvement. And I think the addition and the presence of 
Myers Leonard to the lineup, and then, yo, even Kelly Olenek. I can't believe that I said that. You know, I'm not hating, but it's not what I thought going into the finals that this is what we would need, but... You know, this team is really able to have some semblance of a big body down there in Leonard. You know, he's also a, a pretty good passer, you know, but having them both as shooters to space the floor if need be, that's something that that can really help out here. Olenek actually had 24 points in game two, you know, so also in game three, he stepped up, he had a few threes as well. But, you know, it, it also goes down to Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder is someone that, you know, yeah, he was struggling the last few games, including the conference finals. But, you know, to see someone like Draymond Green putting respect on his name, you know, on Twitter, he said this, quote, the lack of talk and love about Jay Crowder during this bubble is an embarrassment to the integrity of the game of basketball. Draymond Green, like, he said that, and he knows what the deal is. He He's saying what everybody that is an actual, you know, basketball fan that's been watching Jay Crowder for some time can say. And listen, people, people were calling me crazy when I was saying trade Justice Winslow. And look, I couldn't predict what we would trade Justice Winslow for. But look, that Iggy trade that also brought Solomon Hill and Crowder... That was absolutely huge right there, you know, because we were able to trade somebody who was a ball-dominant player, and and it's not criticism of Justice Winslow, it's just what it was. He got turned into a point guard, yes, by Eric Spolster, but he was someone that required the ball to make something happen. So in trading for three players who can play defense, spread the floor, and also be consistent with experience, I think that was a hell of a move. So Jay Crowder, listen, all this postseason, he's been known for hitting that right wing three. That is his thing. He's also been a great defender for us, solid on the floor when we need him. So I think those guys all together, they did a great job. And also for the Heat, you know, I'm not trying to talk about the Heat so much, but it really was a great performance. You know, they won the turnover battle, which was impressive. They, the Lakers turned the ball over 19 times to Miami's 12. And eight of those turnovers came from LeBron James himself. And seven of those came when Jimmy was LeBron's primary defender. How crazy was that? You know, like, I was looking at the game last night, and the Lakers really just seemed limited in their transition because of AD's foul trouble, too. It was, you know, him not being the game that, that really messed up the flow. And I think the Heat, you know, switching to a trap and switching with man at times, you know, that was their best option, and you can see last night. And I think the key really is the zone was effective, but against the Lakers with their ball handlers, you just can't stay stationary in a zone because it'll just be exploited. And that was the thing, you know, to also add to this. The Heat, they did a phenomenal job of taking AD out of the game early with three fouls in the first half. The man had zero points and zero shots attempted in the first seven minutes of the game. You know, it's just like at that point, you know, whether you're Lakers or Heat, you're kind of watching like, oh, something's a little bit off here, you know, with the way the Heat are coming at him. And, you know, he ended up finishing with 15 points, five boards, and three assists. And the thing is, he had a plus minus of minus 26. That was tied for the worst on the team with Contavious Caldwell Pope, who also had minus, 20, minus 26. That's arguably their worst starter. You know, he just looked really flustered out there. And you could see LeBron, you know, having to be the guy because AD was neutralized to a certain degree. It was just something that, yes, it can happen. We've seen LeBron do it before. But on a night where the only help you really got was from Markeith Morris and Kyle Kuzma, and they both had identical 19-point performances, on 6 of 13 shooting respectively, you know, those two guys stepping up, that's something that you can expect and you need. But at the same time, the rest of the team, they struggled to shoot the ball. They shot a very poor percentage, about 43%, like I said earlier. They also shot like 30-something percent from three-point range, but the low 30s. So in general, the Heat were able to really neutralize everything that was going on with the Lakers last night. LeBron looked really flustered. And I think going into game four, it's interesting to see what Bam Adebayo does moving forward. Because personally, when I was, you know, watching toward the end of the game, I'm like, you know, it really, it makes sense for Bam to come back if the Heat were to win. If, if the Heat lost game three, 
and they were down 3-0, just shut Bam down for the year, and we'll come back next year. But right now, there's something going on here. There's something interesting. Jimmy was talking about, hey, we know what we need to do. We know what we need to do. Spo was saying he doesn't care what anyone's got to say. This team, they're able to stick through with it. And, you know, I'm just going to keep going with it. I, I can't really give you a prediction just yet. You know, like I, you know what? I, I did say Heat in six or seven, so I'm going to have to roll with that. I am going to roll with that. You know, but that was my initial, initial, initial pick. And then I overreacted completely. So I'm going to go back to it. I'm not going to be one of those hot button people. That's just what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down with the ship. I'm going to ride a Heat Nation. I'm a Heat fan from Miami. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to call it a day on this episode. Uh, I'm not sure just quite yet what to call this or anything like that. But um, if you could just like, rate, subscribe, all these different things, spread the word. That would be phenomenal. Thank you for listening. And, you know, stay tuned for more. I'm going to try to put out things more consistently.